Why don't we take a seat? We're going to continue our series that we're working through at the moment about all in faith and, and looking at kind of the heroes that we see in the Word of God in the Bible and what aspects we can pull from their life into ours in this modern day that we live in on living an all-in faith life. And it's a good place to start. I love the verse in 2 Timothy 3.16, which tells us that the Word of God is there to teach us what is good with our life, to show us what we can do better, and to equip us for the good work that He wants to do. So if there is any place to find and be equipped, learn what we need to do with our life, then it's definitely to look at the Word of God and the heroes that have been recorded in there. And we're going to have a look at the story of Daniel today. What an incredible life he led. Definitely when I think of who are some of the people in particularly the Old Testament that lived a life of all in, no matter the cost, no matter what it took, all of those things, Daniel is certainly someone who's really high up on my list of heroes of faith, particularly from the Old Testament. Now, I was thinking, who, um, I used to work with this man and, and, uh, and he, how can I put this nicely? He uh, was born in a different generation to me, if you know what I mean. And, and many, 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 many decades ago, he, uh, he was working in Sydney as a bank manager. And he was telling me a story one day about how it was so common for him to finish work in the city knock off at 5, 5.30, whatever time it was, to head out with some colleagues or some clients and entertain them, you know, head out to a local establishment for, uh, for a little bit of time and then get home some hours later than expected, grab his meal from the oven, sit down with his family, fill them in on the day and it was no big deal that he had arrived home hours later than he expected than he was expected to be. And what he was referring to was the current world that we live in where we have this incredible abundance of communication where 35 years earlier it was quite acceptable for him to turn up home a couple of hours late and no concern to be made. But in the era that we live in now, if he's 5, 10, 15 minutes late coming home from work, his mobile phone is buzzing and his family think that the world has ended, that he's disappeared. And he was talking about this incredible contrast where technology and communication that we have so abundantly these days has totally created this kind of frustration and impatience to get an immediate answer or an immediate response to a question in our life. And it's so true when you think about it, whether you've been around long enough to be able to count decades of time in employment or whether you're relatively fresh, we know that there was an era not too long ago where if you needed to phone someone and get an answer, you had to pull over and use a public phone, if anyone remembers what they are, or you had to wait until you saw the person again or pick up a landline and phone another landline. There's a strange concept to so many people these days. People are looking at me like, what's a landline? Well, you know the the little button on your iPhone that looks like you're picking up something? Well, that's what we had to do back in the day. And uh, it's such a strange concept now to think that you have to wait 
to get an answer to a question. Now, there are people smirking at me because I am quite well known as having a condition of uh, inability to answer my phone-itis. And uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about you in a second, Ian. I know you'd be the first to agree. Uh, I live with my phone on silent. I don't like the interruptions. I don't like the buzz. It reminds me of my alarm going off in the morning. And we all know that's a very unpleasant experience. And uh, so I live with my phone on silent. And it is not uncommon for me to turn my phone over after I've been doing something and find a whole bunch of missed calls. And I'm particularly avoiding making eye contact with Ian at the moment because anytime he rings me and I actually answer, he never says hello. He never says, how are you doing? He says, let me find my diary and write in it that on this day, Adam Purcell answered his phone the first time he called. My wife loves it and appreciates it as well. I love seeing six or seven missed calls on my phone. It just makes me feel like a normal day of the week. But it's just such an interesting thing about the, the world that we live in that we have gone in just a matter of a generation or a few years to being quite okay with not getting an answer immediately to if you don't answer your call after three times, I think something has gone drastically wrong in your life. And it does happen. I will ring my wife, I'll ring her, she won't answer. And after, you know, 37 seconds, I'll be like, what's wrong? What's happened? She's like, I just left my phone in the car. It's okay. But we live in this, this world now where our expectation is an immediate answer, a response straight away, and we can't handle the delay and the frustration of having to wait until there is an answer because we want it immediately. And do you know the worst thing that was ever invented? is read receipts. You know when you send someone a a message on your phone or on Facebook or any kind of messenger like that and it gives you that little notification that this person has read your message. Boy, that gets me. (laughs) That gets me more when people don't turn it on. I want to know if you've read my message or not. It's nearly as bad as if I've texted someone and said, you know, ask them a question and then I will say to Mel, who are you talking to? Oh, I'm talking to such and such. Well, tell them to answer my message. It's been sitting there for hours, but read receipts. That little notification that says this person has read your message are the greatest thing ever invented and the worst thing we have to put up with in our life because there is nothing worse than seeing that little icon change or that little, and iPhones are terrible for it because they actually tell you the time and the day. They don't just say this person read it. They said they read it 43 minutes ago and they still have not answered you. Now, wouldn't it be great if in every part of our life, when we asked a question, we could see that the question had at least been heard, that it had been received at the other end, even if there has not yet been a response. Because you think about your life and where, you know, when, when we gather as a church family, we're here to grow in our spiritual formation, to be stronger together as a family, to learn more about Christ and how that relates to our life. So when we're thinking about this today, wouldn't it be incredible that when we ask God for an answer in our life, that we got a little read receipt that said, yep, got it. It's in process. I heard it the moment that you said it, and I'm dealing with it. 
I just haven't yet got the answer for you. Wouldn't it be wonderful if for every promise that God had in our life, every one that's been spoken over us, that we've heard from Him, every vision that's been put in our heart, everything that we read in the Word of God that is promised to us, like the fact that He knows the plans He has for our life, the abundant life that Jesus said that He came to give us, the freedom that we can find in Him. Wouldn't it be wonderful if when we ask God, hey, what's happening with this in my life? Where's the promise that's in the Word of God? Where's the vision that you gave me in prayer? Where's the the fulfillment of the words that have been spoken over my life? If there was just a little notification that went, ding, I've got it. But unfortunately, not only do we not get a read receipt when we iMessage God or send him a little sneaky WhatsApp, we also live in a world that says, get frustrated if you are delayed. Solve the problem yourself. Think the worst. Do it in your own strength. Make it happen today rather than just wait patiently in the delay. And as we look at Daniel's life today, there are so many things that we could pull out from his, from his life and say, look at the example of him living all in faith. Not bowing before the king, standing up against that which is wrong, spending a night in a lion's den, that could be a winner. Haven't done that for a while personally. Seeing the writing on the wall, all these things that Daniel did in his life. But there's this little passage towards the end of his book, of his life, in Daniel chapter 10, that I want to have a look at today because it's about Daniel desperately wishing that his iPhone gave him a read receipt that God had heard his message. It's in Daniel chapter 10. We're going to start from verse 1 and read a little bit to try and understand the context of where Daniel was. It says, In the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar. Now, I know that that wasn't his Hebrew name. That's why we call him Daniel. But honestly, if you had a choice... Would you go with Daniel or would you go with Belteshazzar? Is it just me? Is it just me? Like I would rather walk into a room and hear people go, oh, hey, Belteshazzar's here. It's a lot better than Daniel. But anyway, that's just me. Regardless of what you want to call him this morning, he had another vision. He understood that the vision concerned events certain to happen in the future times of war and great hardship. When the vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks. All that time I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. So basically he was hungry and he smelt like a teenage boy. On April 23rd, as I was standing on the bank of the great Tigris River, I looked up and saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem. His face flashed like lightning and his eyes flamed like torches. His arms and feet shone like polished bronze and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. So I was left there all alone to see this amazing vision. My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale 
and I felt very weak. Then I heard the man speak, and when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. Just then a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling to my hands and knees. And the man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Listen to this. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, in brackets, a much tougher angel than me, one of the archangels came to help me and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I'm here to explain what will happen to your people in the future for this vision concerns a time yet to come. Really cool little story that we find in the end of Daniel. But what it basically says is Daniel had a vision from God. Relate that to us. We hear God speak in our lives, whether it's in prayer by ourselves, whether someone has spoken a word over our life, whether we read something in the scripture, we too have a vision for our life. Just like Daniel saw this vision of things yet to come for the nation of people that he was in. And he cried out to God and said, tell me more. What, where, how, when, why? What, what is going on with this vision? Just like we do in our life, God, when is the promise going to be fulfilled? When is the vision going to come to pass? That thing that you spoke to me about, when am I going to see that happen in my life? That thing I heard about or have read about in your word of God, when, why, how, where, what, something. And Daniel sends his cry up to God. And it tells us that for three weeks, for 21 days, he mourned and he sat in the place of delay, waiting for an answer from God, what it all meant. And then suddenly an angel appears, standing in front of him, all dressed, strong, kind of looking like Geordie Griffiths after he's just come out of the surf. With a smile like that, how could you not? And, and he delivers the answer. But the really interesting thing is that while Daniel was sitting there wondering, has God received my message? When's the little notification going to turn to say, yep, I've got this? For 21 days, there has been a battle going on in that which Daniel could not see, in the spirit realm, between the prince of Persia and an archangel, about delivering the message from God to Daniel about what was happening in his life. And I think that's an incredible thing to think about. Two things. The first message that the angel says to Daniel is, hey, God heard you immediately. There was no delay. The carrier pigeon didn't get lost. The email didn't bounce back from the server. God heard you immediately when you prayed. The read receipt turned, ding, he read it right at that very moment. But it took some time for the answer to come because of the things that are not in your control that were only known and seen by God. Isn't that a great thought for us? 
that for the answers that we are waiting on from God, for the fulfillment of that which he has promised to us, is not just sitting there in silence without happening. That there are chess pieces being moved on a board in that which we do not see and we do not have control over, but are happening. And God is putting things into place, regardless of whether we see them, feel them, or get the notification on our spiritual phone. But we can sit here and trust that the good work that God began in us the promises that he gave to us, the messages, the dreams, the visions, the restoration that he has put in your heart is all happening. Even if you cannot see it, you cannot feel it, or you don't get the notification. But what I want to look at really quickly this morning is what did Daniel do in that time of delay? When he was waiting for the answer, when there was silence, when things didn't seem to be going to plan, when the answers didn't quite make sense, what was he doing in those 21 days? I mean, come on. Who would love 21 days to see the promises of God fulfilled in their life? I'll take that. If I have to wait 21 days, that's cool. I know there are people in this room today that have been can measure that time in years, months, decades, that you have been waiting for the fulfillment of what God said he would do in your life to come to pass. And we can learn from Daniel today what an all-in kind of faith looks like when you live your life. But it is actually not from what he did. It was from the things that he did not do. There are two things that it says in this verse. Verse uh, chapter 2, verse 2 in chapter 10, it says, When this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been in mourning for three whole weeks. All the time I had eaten no rich food, no meat or wine crossed my lips, and I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. In Daniel's time of delay... In his frustration and even in his impatience that we know even better than him in the day and age that we live in and how quickly we are programmed to expect and receive an answer. It's not about what he did in that time, it's about what he did not do. The first thing that he did not do is he didn't eat any rich food. And some translations call that pleasant bread. He did not eat the pleasant bread. And it kind of reminds us back in the first, when we first meet Daniel and he refuses to eat the meat and the rich food of the kingdom. See, what he was doing here was actually making a decision that in his time of delay while he waited for God, that he was not going to feed his humanness, his selfishness. He did not sit there and eat all the foods that were pleasant and pleasing, and nice, and rewarding to his body, but rather he just focused and ate that which sustained his body. And I think this is a really key point that we can pull out of Daniel's life, of how he lived in the delay, that he did not try 
or refused or refrained from eating anything that fed his body, his selfishness, his humanness. Because isn't it so easy in a time of delay when we are impatiently waiting for an answer from God that we just want to make the easy decision to do what feels best in our life right now? You know, I'm, I'm in a season of life where I'm trying to, uh, to eat healthy. Well, not trying, I'm, I'm being successful at it in faith. Praise God. And, uh, and yeah, and I know what it's like when you see that food come across the table. Whatever it might be for you, whether it's a, a donut, cinnamon donut, an ice donut. Oh my goodness, what about jam donuts? Donuts are my weakness. Anything like that. But isn't it so true? If you've ever tried to do this or, or for whatever reason, it's so easy to make the decision in the moment to do what is best and feels the greatest right at this point in our life. And when Daniel says that he did not eat the rich food or the pleasant bread, what he is teaching us in this day today is how easy it is when we are stuck in the delay waiting for God to fulfill how easy it is to pick a donut off the shelf as it goes past I'm impatient I'm frustrated I want the answer now I want the results now so what I'm going to do is do exactly what feels best right at this very moment and one of the greatest things that we can learn from Daniel's life of how we sit in the time that we're waiting for God to fulfill his promise in our life is what we do in the very moments each and every day. Whether we stick with the healthy, good food that will pay off in the future for us or whether we take the donut as we walk past the shelf and feed our desire of what we want here and now today rather than being patient and waiting for God to deliver the promise of his life. Have you ever seen the the little experiment that they do where they put the kids in the room with donuts? I'm like, I've got donuts on my mind today. And they'll, they'll put a donut in front of these kids and they'll say, here's the deal, you can eat that one now, or if you wait 10 minutes, probably not even that long, you can have three donuts. What do the kids do? They eat the donut. <laughs> it's exactly what I would do as well. Why wait 10 minutes to have three when you could have one now? Like, that's incredible. And, but it, it, it's funny, but it's true because it's exactly what our life is like. By default, what we will do is take what's in front of us rather than trust God in the season, the chapter of life that we're in and wait for him to fulfill the promise in his life. The second thing that Daniel does not do is he, he doesn't apply the fragrant lotion. Now, I kind of think this is some kind of ancient culture deodorant. So I am really not... If you're taking notes today, please do not write down, Adam said, do not wear deodorant, because I am actually telling you to do the complete opposite. Please wear deodorant. But in this culture, from what I understand, in this day and age, it was, it was a cultural expectation 
to to cover yourself in fragrant lotions and oils, to kind of fit in and be as everyone expected you to be. Daniel lived and worked and he was in the kingdom. There would have been an expectation for how he, as an officer of the king, as someone who served and lived in the palaces, had to look, had to present, had to turn up to work and look every single day. And in a time of mourning, it would have been even more expected that he applied just a little bit more fragrant lotion so that he gave the right appearance to the culture that he was in. But Daniel's second choice of what he would not do is apply the fragrant lotions during this time of mourning. In other words, he would not do what was expected of him in the culture and the time of his day to fit in and look the part. Now, I can see really well how that relates to us. In a time that we're waiting for God to answer or bring us through a delay in our life while we wait for him to move or or while things are happening in, in that which we cannot see, how easy is it, particularly as those who follow Christ, who call ourselves Christians, to apply the fragrant lotion in our life just to fit in with the place where we have to live and walk and be seen each and every day. When I was thinking about this this morning in the prayer room, I straight away thought about relationships. How we know and we can stand in in faith and trust God that he has someone for each and every one of us. That he has a plan and a purpose for our life. And we know all these things and we have a choice in our day and age. Do we trust God in the relationships that we have or do we apply the fragrant lotion of the culture that we live in? Because the fragrant lotion of this culture and day and age says, look, if you're single, join a dating site, install the app on your phone, browse around, swipe every direction you possibly can, try before you buy, date, go and do whatever you want to do instead of waiting in the delay and trusting God that he has the right person for us, that he has a plan, that he is moving chess pieces in the space that we cannot see and trusting him. But it's so easy in 2018, in our day and age, when we're waiting on God to fulfill a promise in our life, to answer us, to see things happen on the dreams that he's put in our heart. How easy is it to just pick up the expectations of the world that we live in today, the culture that we swim in each and every day, just to fit in, just to make life a little bit easier. It's just the way that it is. And that's why I love This example of Daniel that he just didn't want to do what was expected of him when he was in the time of waiting for God to give him the answer. He didn't fulfill the desires of his humanness that were there for a moment, but not for the long term. And he didn't do just what everyone else was doing, just to fit in and just to make his life easier. But he trusted God in that moment. 
And I know for each and every one of us in this room, we, are, we wait for God each and every day to fulfill the promises, the things that he's spoken to us about. I know that personally there are things in my life that God spoke to me about that I'm still trusting him. I'm still sitting in the delay waiting for him to see what happens. I know for you, you may have had people speak over your life. You may have read these promises in the word of God. But who knows what God is doing in that which we cannot see? In the spiritual realm. In that which we do not have control over. But what we do have control over and what we can learn from Daniel's life is what we do not do in that time when we wait for him. Don't compromise what God wants to do in the future by doing something today or looking for the quick fix or the quick win rather than trusting him in that moment of patience and waiting for the answer to come. And you get Holly and the team to come up and I want to share this scripture while they do that. It's from Philippians chapter 1 and And if you're finding yourself stuck in the moment of delay, waiting for an answer, waiting for fulfillment, whether it's something small or something big, we all know that when it's you, it's big. If you're in that moment. I want to encourage you with this scripture this morning before we pray. And it's Paul talking to the church in Philippi. Philippians 1 verse 6 says, And I am certain, certain is such a strong word. It's quite definitive, isn't it? There is certainty that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. No matter what challenge you face in your life right now, No matter how tightly you are holding your phone, waiting for that answer to come through from God. Just know this today. That with all certainty, we can be assured that God will finish the work that he started within you. He hasn't lost the script. He didn't accidentally move your file to the trash bin. He hasn't lost your number or deleted your message. He's at work in all of our lives, whether we feel it or see it this morning. We can take heart, we can have faith, we can stand on the promise that whatever He has said over your life, whatever He has started in your life, He will finish. And he will work on it until the day that eternity begins, each and every day. Let's stand. We're going to worship this morning. And I, I, I just wanted to create a, a bit of a time for us to talk to God this morning. I love what Holly said this morning. I was here when the team prayed and said, let's just rest in God's presence today. And you know, my, my personality is when I need something done in my life, I just want to get it done. 
create a to-do list, start churning through it, make it happen. And so easy to eat some pleasant bread and anoint my life with fragrant oil when I do that. But it is so hard sometimes just to stand in God's presence like we're about to do this morning and just let Him kind of minister to our hearts. Not what He's going to do, not bring the answer or the solution, but just that one thing that, hey, what I've started in your life, I am going to finish. Even if you can't see it today. I want to read a scripture over us and make it our prayer this morning. So if you're in that place, do whatever you need to do right now to connect into God. Whether you need to close your eyes, lift your hands, whatever. But I want to pray this. Psalm 62 says, I wait quietly before God. For my victory comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, where I will never be shaken. Lord, we take this time this morning. In the delay in our life, as we wait for you to move, we will wait quietly on you. Lord, minister to our hearts, not with solutions and answers, but with increased faith and trust and assurance that we are precious to you, that you have not forgotten us, that the good work that you started in us will surely come to victory. Lord, we thank you that you are truly our rock and our salvation. It all comes from you. You are where we stand in the good times and the hard times. So Lord, speak to us this morning. Fill our hearts with faith. Fill our hearts with courage. Renew our minds. I speak against the words that would come, that would tell us that we are forgotten, that we are broken, that we are beyond restoration and replace them with the truth that you are at work in our life each and every day. We thank you, Lord, and we love you. Amen.